1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. If you've forgotten the difference between watching a movie and experiencing one, you need to visit Marcus Theaters. Start by visiting MarcusTheaters.com. 7.55. Time for music news with our music expert, and that's how you really know it's Friday. Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How's everybody? Uh, good. We're good. Guess we're all ready to race out of here and get our Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I was going to say, nobody, nobody's as good as Taylor Swift. Or, if you listen to this thing, as bad as Taylor Swift. Ooh, wait a minute. Whoa. This is one of these, this is one of these heart-wrenching, you know, uh, vein, uh, spleen-venting, uh, you know, albums. Where you know she's she's kind of chronicling her, Uh-oh. you know her pains, her tribulations, her troubles, uh, dropping a lot of f bombs. Is this a boyfriend heartbreak or Scooter you know, Braun has messed me up heartbreak? I think it, I think it's a little bit of all of it. Not as much of the boyfriend stuff, just because you know from all reports she's in a really good relationship with this Joe Alwyn who co-wrote. And she's still not happy. She's in a good relationship and this broad still isn't happy. Well, I, know, think what, I think what it is is she's, she's very happy in life and maybe not, not as happy in the music when we hear it. And hmm. maybe she's happy in life because she's not happy in the music. She gets it all out, vents the spleen uh, in the music. Uh, we're, of course, talking about Midnight, uh, the new Taylor Swift album that came out twice. Uh, there were some right. There was some music of, that was released at midnight. Right, there would be midnight or you know in, in local time at 11 p.m. And then at, at 2 a.m. came another seven songs, the deluxe edition of the album. So huh. there's a total of 20 new Taylor Swift songs out. And if you were watching her her brief commercial appearance on Thursday Night Football last night, uh, there are also going to be videos for all these songs, like a veritable video album. I guess you call it, and there, you know, a couple of them are already out, and there are credits at the end of this teaser, and it has, you know, it has folks listed like Mike Birbiglia, Laura Dern, John Early, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, uh, Pat McGrath, you know, Taylor herself, Dita Von Teese, you know, a lot of guest stars making cameos in these videos. So next week she'll be on, uh, she'll be on Jimmy Fallon and Graham Norton. So there's going to be, uh, you know, we're it's, where the Taylor machine has fired up. So is there going to come the day when she rules the world and has all the money that she's going to sing sad songs and no one's going to care if she's sad? Uh, you know, people connect, you know, with what she's feeling. I mean, she does, you know, her experiences to her credit, her experiences, you know, regardless of being incredibly wit- rich and traveling the world and incredibly famous. You can't be happy with all that. She's never going to write a happy song, right? Well, like I said, I think she is. Ha- I think in real life she is happy with all that. But part of the reason she can be, and she can be content in her life, is because she gets all the internal stuff out in these songs. This is the music all critic right. in you, Gary. I can feel it. But isn't the irony lost here that she's the girl who told us to shake it off? Yeah. yeah but yet she is the most that's a very angst. Good point. Angst uh, of all were, the angsters. If you really listen to "Shake It Off," she didn't quite shake it off. You know, right, she was, was just like, telling herself that was to. not a case of "do as I do." Well, she <laughs> stole that anyway. We all know it. Yes, so, uh, she is. Uh, <laughs> the, word is the word is she is going to be touring next year. 
You know, there's no official confirmation, no dates announced. But in the U- in the UK, they are publishing. In fact, in the UK, they're already selling tickets for shows that don't exist. So, in an effort to try and not be too derogatory, and if I was just to say what comes to my brain, I would say so. All the little girls in America last night went to bed listening to Taylor Swift, right? I think, I think a great many of them did. But they're and not probably, little girls anymore. The, the, her audience has grown up. These women are in their 30s now, in their 20s and 30s. Right, they're not... 20s and 30s, and they're still a very young audience, you know, that, that's coming to her. No, she, I think, I think she, is, she has become, not, not is becoming, she has become a generational artist. And you you see it at the, you'll see you do see it at the shows already. And you know if you were going to do a demographic study of who's buying or downloading or streaming Taylor Swift music, I, it would be a pretty wide swath of the population. Could she be a cult? Is she big enough? Does she have enough power over these women to be a cult? Uh, you know, could be. Yeah. Could be. These know, Swift, you, know. you can't just assign that to her, though. I mean, if you have some fan club and. These yeah. fans that are crazy for you. Yeah, I mean, These... you know, she's not, you know, at least as far as we know, she, she doesn't have any anything she's trying to do that with. You know, no, there, are no, there are no beliefs or behaviors that she's trying to instill in a mass of the public. Well, she's just she's just filling a, a gigantic void that is being left by BTS, who's gone on hiatus till 2025. I know. this is So this is like, you know, view this as like Elvis going to the Army. When he did so, BTS, huge. Not for us, you know. Maybe not even for our kids, really. You know, maybe maybe our grandkids or something in between our kids and our grandkids. BTS, the South Korean band. You've seen them on award show and probably said, "Who the hell are these guys?" Um, South Korea has mandatory military service. You know, you have to have served by the time you turn thirty. Well, a lot of the guys in BTS are getting close to that age, so it's been a it's been a big natural controversy, national controversy in South Korea. So, what's going to happen here? And there were some politicians there who said we should let these guys off the hook because they're such great ambassadors for South Korea. Just let them be BTS, and that is their service. Anyway, the final ruling came down, and they the band made the announcement that they're going to go on hiatus until 2025, and during this interim all i think it's seven of them uh members will do their service in the army uh the government did however say that they could reunite for events of a national or international level so if somebody wants to do a big not necessarily a concert tour but if somebody wants to do a big streaming concert of which they just did one last week that they'll be you know they'll be given given a leave, leave of absence to go do that. These guys are all coming up on 30 right. years old. We didn't they're call not them. like 17. They're all like pushing 30 right now. They're, they're, all, they're 20. They're all, they're all in various places in their 20. I think the oldest the oldest one is 28, I want to say now. But my point being, when the Stones were this age, we weren't calling them a boy band. When no, the, when the Beatles band. were this age, we weren't calling them a boy band. No, when those guys got near 30, we thought it was over. Right. Right. Yeah. It's different times. I mean, you have bo- you have uh, you know boys to men and new kids on the block and Backstreet Boys out there in their forties and fifties, <laughs> right? And, and, still, and yet are they called? They're still boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess you never graduate to man band. Uh, huh? You know, it's not it's certainly from a marketing you know strategic standpoint, it's not advisable to change your name to like old men on the block or something. Yeah. What would stop the South Koreans from saying, well, now they're their own military unit? 
We taught um, them to shoot a rifle. Now they're going to go sing and dance for. You know, there's, I'm sure there's <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of workarounds if if South Korea because they're. Uh, BTS's record company is a, you know, big hit music is a big, big national concern there. You know, it's up there with Kia and uh, LG, Samsung, Samsung and LG. So, you know, it's a, it's a huge concern. They'll, they'll get to do the things they really need to do. Is it easier to get parts for a boy band or an LG refrigerator? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the boy band from our generation, the uh, Stones. Yeah, it looks like uh, we are going to get, there have been lots of, you know, well, there's been lots of speculation for a long time since a bigger bang in 2005. When are we going to get a an album of new Rolling Stones material? They did the Blues album a few years ago, of course, and that was great, and they won a Grammy, but, you know, where's the new Rolling Stones music? And they've been seen in New York, you know, making Keith and Ronnie at Electric Lady Studio, Um going in and out, and we pretty much have confirmation they're working on new music. Uh, reports out of England indicate that it'll be released sometime next year, that Charlie Watts will be on it, because they had been recording, you know, with Charlie uh, be prior to his death. And, you know, no release date yet. Uh, there, are, there are also reports that they're, they'll be touring again next year, like the Rolling Stones do, you know, 14 shows or so in the U.S., 14 over in Europe. Maybe they'll find another territory. Uh, Mick's going to be turning eighty, really next, eighty next year. Yeah. So you know that'll be that'll be a big deal as well. <laughs> but I think wow. you know, let's you know listen. To you, the longer you spend on an album, the greater the expectations are. So they've apparently brought in a number of guests and world class players uh, to be part of this, and it sounds like they've been doing some additional writing as well. So it's going to yeah we'll. We'll, we'll certainly be interested. I thought uh, Bigger I, Bang was a good album. The Blues album was tremendous. I don't want to save this to the end and have to rush through it. And since we're talking about bands that are touring and appearances, let's get to the Spice Girls. Because <laughs> it's always the last thing. Let's right. not It's a rush. great way to finish up. So news news out of, out of England, out of the Spice world now is that Emma Button, Baby Spice, went on radio today said, yeah, we think we're pretty confident that Posh, Victoria Beckham, will join us and do a full band reunion at the Glastonbury Festival in 2023. And there's just one little hitch here. The Spice Girls haven't been asked to play the Glastonbury Festival yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is, this is, you know, this is them kind of throwing it out there that, uh, you know, because they've, they've got all sorts of 25th and 25 year anniversaries going on. In the band now, so they're they're throwing it out there. They're saying, but the that, Glastonbury people would love that. Well, I, they? And I think I think they would, yes. But you know, also in that you know in that kind of they might get their dander up and say, well, you don't tell us who we invite, we will tell you yeah. who we invite. But you know, but the, so they're throwing it out there. But you know, and also you know, Baby Spice does not necessarily speak for Posh Spice. Yeah, but so, if you're going to say that, you must have had a conversation, you, right? You would think. You would think. Before you, know, you go, no, no, she's coming. Oh, I'm not. Why would you say I'm coming? I'm not coming. Yeah. You know, or or they'll get a few weeks out of the, you know, that's exactly what will happen, and they'll get a couple months out of that, and then ultimately announce that, oh, yeah, she is coming. It's the five of us. You know, and they could, they could couch it as, oh, we got such great fan reaction that Posh doesn't want to disappoint the fans. So so she's going to do it. She's All right. Take, take one for the team. Also touring in 23, 
Janet Jackson. Please. That's the that's the word, you know. No confirmation from the Janet Jackson camp, but there are a lot of uh, reliable reports that she's going to plan a world tour next year. You know, it'll be her first. Thing. She still can she can still pull off a world tour, Janet Jackson. I don't I don't see why not. Okay. You know, I mean, she's not that old, and uh, you know, you, you a performer. She's like younger that, than Mick. Right, considerably. Um, and a performer like that, you go out, you get your dancers, you know, you can, you know, sometimes when you watch things like a share show where they have a num- you know, older performers, uh, even maybe Shania Twain, where they have a number of dancers as part of the act and you look around and say, you know, and they're not doing as much as it looks like they're doing up there. Okay. Speaking of Shania. Yeah, she's going to be Mrs. Potts. In a uh, in the live action version of Beauty and the Beast, that's this year's. You know how every year there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of live recreation of a famous movie or stage yeah. musical on TV. So ABC is going to be airing this live. Uh, it's actually going to be a combination of live and animation this time. But ABC and Disney are 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 going to present this on December fifteenth. Live Beauty and the Beast. Shania Twain will be Mrs. Potts. That was the talking, singing teapot that Angela Lansbury uh, voiced. Uh, you're also going to have Josh Groban as the, be- as the Beast. Martin Short is going to be Lumiere. Uh, <laughs> David Allen Greer is going to be Cogsworth. Uh, you know, they're filling up the cast now and teasing us uh, with announcements. Was uh, Angela Lansbury ever a, a singing yes. kind of star? Oh, yeah. yeah. She was. I, she sang I don't know Beauty and the sure. Beast I know in the movie. She sang and I don't little... know for sure if she won a Tony, but I think she did. You know, we, okay. You know, I always kind of thought that they have your phone and look that up while we're talking here. But uh, but I think she did win a Tony as well as an Emmy. All right, I kind of thought. And that... I, yeah, and I guess technically she won. I think the sound, the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack album won a Grammy, so she would that would make her a uh, she an EGOT. Let's see, Emmy, Emmy, Oscar. I don't know that she won an Oscar. Okay, she, she, so she could she be an EGOT. Yeah, <laughs> just short. I tell you what, the EGOT's a tough one to get when you get all four major awards. Yeah, usually you, it's a composer, really, usually. Uh, Whoopi's you know, got them. Whoopi yeah. has all four. Whoopi, John Legend, you know, there's a, there's a few out uh, there. Who I'm am I trying Harry to... Styles will get one, will, will be it down the road. Yeah, you know who won't be rooting for him to get that? Jason Sudeikis. Uh, probably not. Because <laughs> apparently Olivia Wilde. Wild. Was making the uh, yeah, salad dressing and taking it to Harry. It's a Harry, but I don't know. You know, it's Hollywood, the nepotism in Hollywood like that is in that world. You know, you can't draw a conclusion. You know, by I've all accounts. I've never quite heard, you know, salad dressing used for a booty call before. But... <laughs> that was the story we had yesterday. Anyway, you know, well, it is out there, yeah. By all accounts, Ed Sheeran. It's just a ketchup-eating, lovable guy, right? Right. He, every, everybody likes Ed Sheeran. Nobody ever speaks poorly of Ed Sheeran. He's well, just a nice every, guy. not everybody. <laughs> eh, well, these guys, now he's being sued again. Again, yeah. So you had those songwriters who sued him before, and Ed won that case. Now he's being sued by the Marvin Gaye estate, claiming that Thinking Out Loud, his hit Thinking Out Loud, infringes on Let's Get It On. And uh, Ed's, Ed's attorneys went to court. Um, to try to get the case kicked out. You know, they're saying that, uh, you know, and part of their argument is saying, you know, you, by even agreeing to hear this, forget whatever you're going to rule, 
but by agreeing to hear this, you are going to stifle creativity. It's going to have this chilling effect on the songwriting world and the music world, and people are going to be afraid to do songs because they might be copying uh, people. You know, believe that if you want or not. It's a it's a valid legal argument to try to make, in addition to saying to the judge, well, no, it doesn't infringe. This is not this is not plagiarizing. Thinking out loud is not plagiarizing. Let's get it on. After um, he had settled the last suit that he was involved with, he said, I'm going to videotape all my songwriting sessions right, from here on out. out. But thinking out loud would have, was contemporaneous to the last one, so he didn't videotape that session. You know, he's doing it. He says he's doing that now, but, and, I, and I wouldn't blame him. He had another interesting story this week where I guess he revealed that before Billy Eilish got the last James Bond theme, that he had been approached and he had written most of a theme for the last James Bond movie, but then, you know, they signed Billy Eilish in the middle of this. And so... Don't know, they it, always get a woman to do the James Bond oh, song? No, no, no. no, Guns N' Roses did it. Yeah. Oh. Paul McCartney. Right. Uh, well, no, Paul McCartney. McCartney. But who? You, had, you, you had Paul McCartney, you had uh, Sam Smith did one. Yes. Um, Tom Jones did one. Duran Duran. What's new, pussycat? Who is the... Uh, whoa. Who is the original? Uh, Shirley Bassey. Yeah. They, I just they, watched they, the thing they, on James Shirley Bond and, and, right, and Shirley Bassey was the original brassy. Uh, yes, he did Goldfinger. Right, Goldfinger. Right. And John Barry was the composer, you know, composer of the James yeah. Bond theme. There is a uh, fabulous, and I believe it's, it's on um, Prime Video, a fabulous documentary about the music of James Bond, because, you know, they're celebrating uh, their 60th anniversary yeah. this year. And if you get a chance to catch it, tremendous uh, documentary, lots of great footage, you know, great interviews, um, a lot of surprises. You know, one of my favorite stories was they had recorded, you know, they had commissioned Paul McCartney to write Live and Let Die, and George Martin took it down to, uh, or took it to the producer's of the film where they, you know, where they, when they were filming it, I think in the Bahamas and the producers said to George Martin, they said, this is a great song. Who's going to sing it? After McCartney had written it? Uh huh. And they had, and they had a recording of McCartney, you know, doing it. And they were, you know, and they were coming up with all these different names. And, you know, George Martin quoted in the film as saying, I had to tell them repeatedly, Paul McCartney. (laughs) Wait a second. Who, Else, did they discuss recording of that song when they were having the discussion? I'd like, I'd like to know who you know. There watch the documentary. Mark, Mark I guess. Down yeah. To talk about next week because I'll go. I talked to the producers of the documentary and I'll go through my notes. Okay. And find out who they said they were. Uh, you know who who had been mentioned. But yeah, that's uh, that was like one of the funniest stories in there. It's like, are you are you kidding? All right. How do you want to finish up this week? Finish up this week. Trying to think what might have, uh, you know, what we might have had break uh, um, overnight. Let me scroll scroll down our list here, see what we can find. Well, listen, here's a uh, here's a nice story. Uh, Rod Stewart and his and his uh, wife Penny Lancaster have rented a house in Berkshire in England for a family of uh, seven Ukrainian refugees. Um, they apparently, and Rod was telling uh, the Daily Mirror. Uh, in England that, you know, they've been watching the news and, you know, of course, you know, unsettled by by everything and said, well, what can we do? And, you know, there's lots of gestures someone like that can make, but they came up with this one, rent a house 
you know, bring the people who are fleeing, help them get settled into a new life. They're going to pay the rent and expenses for at least a year, and they leave they leave it open, you know, for for longer than that. And you know, listen, if a, if a bunch of these wealthy, you know, pop stars, actors, other celebrities would do that, you know, and then get other philanthropists to do things like that, you know, does it does it you know, solve the refugee problem? No, but does it does it help? And is it a great gesture and uh, a demonstration of humanity? Sure, sure. So you know, kudos, kudos to Sir Rod. Oh, All that's right. a nice enough thing to do. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, just, no, that's, that's a, it's, a, it's a good gesture. Really you know, controversial. You, you, People you need a home. If you okay. can't solve the whole problem, you can at least make a small gesture that helps. Right, and it. Makes listening to Rod Stewart's not-so-great songs tolerable, like when uh, Hot Legs comes on, maybe. I I don't hit the button. uh, I will. (laughs) All right, what's the best Rod Stewart song? Oh, boy. Um, You know, I mean, I I tend, myself, I tend to favor the, you know, like the the, uh, Every Picture Tells a Story, Never a Dull Moment, you know, era, Handbags and Glad Rags, Maggie Mae, you know, those those years. Always did enjoy Infatuation, though. All right. All right. In fact, really? Yeah. Because that was a disco song. It was a disco-y song, but you had Jeff Beck playing guitar, so it kind of straddled, you know, the rock and disco world. Okay. So, you know, it kind of, when I notice when that comes on in the car, I'm bobbing my head and tapping my left foot, and (laughs) and I don't turn it off. So so I can can live with that as a guilty pleasure. All right. Gary... Appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Gary Graff, our music expert, every Friday morning.